Well, sis, I was about ready to have a running spell. <laughs> and then that uh, really spoke to my heart. I started uh, thinking about a little old boy. His father had abandoned him after World War II. And, of course, he was all messed up when he came back from a war. I read a book about, he was in that Texas T division, 36. And I read about what all they went through. And I thought, my goodness, ain't no wonder he's messed up. And I thought about that and how that off a little old road called Dog Road in Caswell, Virginia, God directed my steps without even me knowing it. Married a good little old country girl. <clears throat> I'd gotten saved right after I got out of the Navy, <clears throat> but I had not grown in the Lord. I was reading my Bible. read it from Genesis to Psalms, and it kept me from getting a tattoo when I was in the Navy. They kept saying, oh, let's go get a tattoo. You ain't a man. Do you get a tattoo? I said, I'll not be a man then. I ain't marking my body. The Bible says not to do it. Now, if you got a tattoo, I'm not scolding you. Amen. I'm just telling you what happened to me. And uh, the Lord just uh, just directed my steps without even me knowing it, without even me realizing. He directed my steps, put me in the right place at the right time with the right people. Amen. And the Lord reminded me of that back. Uh, let's see, this is 2019. Was it this? No, it wasn't this year. 2018, I had a heart problem again. I inherited a bad heart from my daddy. All my first cousins dropped dead in their 50s. My daddy, he did live to be 72. No, 70. And I had an uncle to live to be 72, but he couldn't even walk across the room for four years. And God's just been good to me. They told me when I'd had that heart problem, he said, you're a fortunate, blessed man. I said, why do you say that? He said, the, the problem with your heart, you don't get a warning, you just drop dead. And so, y'all don't mind if I bring out my red hanky at this time, do you? Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it's worth waving. <laughs> Amen? God's good. Amen. He's good all the time. Amen? Right. Even when you think he's not, and even when you don't think he's anywhere around, he's there. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'll get a preacher or not. I may just have to testify. Amen. <laughs> but God's just been good to me. On one side of my, on my dad's side of the family, now he wasn't a Jehovah Witness, but my grandfather started Jehovah Witnesses in Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia, over into Virginia and a different area. Had one of them knock on my door one time. And they, they got talking. I said, I know who you are. My grandfather started that junk. And... Uh, they said, so you don't believe like your grandfather? Absolutely not, ma'am. And I said, if you give me a few minutes, I'll let you know what I believe. She said, I, 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 bye. And she took off. Amen. Amen. You just got to stand for the truth. And uh, I was saved but hadn't been discipled. Went to work for this company uh, called Kingsport Press. We printed at that time World Book, Childcraft, tons of Bibles. R Holt Reinhardt, 
textbooks, school books, and I met her. And this one guy told me, he says, you know, take this girl out. And I said, what's her name? He said, Dolores. I said, okay. And then one day she walked past me, and I was so, <laughs> I forgot her name. I said, hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how we started out. And uh, she loved old-timey preaching. Let me tell you an amazing thing. And her people were farmers back in between these two big mountains, farmed the side of it and the top of it, just raised everything they ate except for uh, flour and sugar. And um, they listened to this preacher called Brother Tolman. He was a Southern Baptist preacher, but he was fundamental to the core. He was preaching in that time in 1963 to 1,100 people, no buses. His saying was, you whitewashed, galvanized church members better get born again. You're going to burn in hell. <coughs> he started out, and, we, and, and by, what I was going to say was, she listened to him on the radio back in the country. And that's the man I got converted under. One Sunday, right after I got out of the Navy, I just... I don't, it was just God. I just went there. And he come down the middle of the aisle, buddy, and he was letting her roll. I mean, he didn't, as the old saying goes, he didn't leave a stone unturned nor a weed left. Amen. And I went forward and got saved. And then when I went to work at that place, I met her and took her out to eat, and we got, we got to talking and uh, different things, and she asked me, she said, you're saved? I said, yeah, I'm saved, you know. But I, I hadn't grown in the Lord. Did I turn? Yeah, I turned it off. Uh, I hadn't grown in the Lord. So we started going to a little evangelical Methodist church, which afterwards, after I began to read my Bible, I, I talked to a pastor. I said, you believe in a security believer, don't you? And he just grinned and looked at me. Their denomination didn't. But I, the more he preached, and then I'm thinking, ah, you believe it, you just don't want to admit it, Amen. But he challenged me. His challenge was, if all the Bible you're getting is what I'm giving you, you ain't getting enough. Read the Bible for yourself. And I started reading my Bible. And God started speaking my heart, directing. And my daughter was born, and one year later, I announced my call to preach. And so, praise the Lord. He has been faithful. I haven't been all that faithful, but boy, he has been. Now, I know all y'all have been faithful. Your wings are fluffy. Your halos are shiny. Praise the Lord for you. You pray for me. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 32, if I can get there. But um, we we went to that little old church and, and uh, really, like I say, challenged me to read my Bible and begin to read the Bible. And no Baptist taught me that I had eternal security, I had eternal life. No Baptist did. I read it in my Bible. And as I began to see that and look at it, and I thought, I'm in the wrong place. They was Armenian in their doctrine. And so the more I talked about it, and by the way, this pastor, he did not sprinkle. He baptized. He, he, he was, if you heard him preach, you'd have thought he was a Baptist. But... Um, I said, well, Lord, I need to get out of here. Yeah. And
And so I just quietly snuck out, so to speak. And it's just been a journey. Amen. I like, I like that song. Can you sing? Where'd she go? Wave at me. Oh, oh, wave at me, girl. Thank you. Amen. Can she sing out again tonight? Will that be all right, Pastor? You sure? Amen. Want to make sure the pastor. In case you're wondering, I believe in pastoral authority. Amen. Amen. I do what he says. You say, you do? You've been preaching long on him. You're older than him. I said, it don't make no difference. He's the man. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, he is preaching the book to you, isn't he? Is he loving you a little bit? Now that's saying something, because I know I babbed, I, I, I babbed, yeah, I, I, I pastored Baptist folks for about 23 years. Some of them, it took the grace of God to love, I'm telling you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I had two ladies. Their husbands were just mean as a striped snake, as the old time sayers. And this one lady, her husband, would get drunk every weekend, and, and, and they'd had literally it would go and hide in the cornfield to get away from him. And she'd come into church Sunday morning, and she said, Oh, it's been a long time, preacher. I hardly know my name. And then another one, she came to prayer meeting one night, and her husband, when she went back home, shot the, the car windows out. And I said, why don't you, you know, I don't believe in divorce, but I said, you need to get away from it. That's dangerous. You need to get off somewhere. She said, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. All their children, all their men children died speeding in cars. And that woman stayed faithful in church. And sometimes when you talk to her, you can tell, boy, she hardly knew she was in the world sometimes from what she'd been through. But she stayed right there in church. This other lady was the same way. She'd come through the door. She said, I hardly know my name, preacher. Pray for me. And sometimes she didn't. I mean, you know, she hardly knew she was in the world from what she went through. And uh, I don't know why in the world I'm telling you that. But, <laughs> but the, the point is, both of these ladies were faithful. They, they gave what money they could. Their husband didn't give them much money. And, and I had a had a, a old widow lady, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how she made it, to be honest with you. Our church would help her with food and everything. I watched her every month put in a 50 cents to Faith Promise Mission. Every month. Right on. Right on. She hardly could afford 25 cents, much less 50. That's how poor she was. But faithful, faithful, faithful. Amen? And that's what God wants from us. Uh, remember now, this is yes, and this is no. Okay? This is what he wants from us. Not your little heads up and down. Come on. You say you're being silly. I'm just trying to get you to see that God's got some faithful people, and he will take care of you. Amen? <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 32, <coughs> verse 15. But Jezreel, and that's Israel, waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with <coughs> fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and highly esteemed the rock of his salvation. There's a summary of what happened to Israel. 
they lightly esteemed the God of their salvation. Took him for granted. Uh, started, they were doing stuff like going and worshiping at the temple and then coming over here and worshiping Baal. They were doing things that, you know, on the surface it looked like they were okay. But really they wasn't. They esteemed lightly. I want to ask you a question. <clears throat> and by the way, the word esteem means uh, to be uh, foolish or wicked, disgrace, dishonor, to fade away, to fade away. Just gradually fade away. Amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For they drank of the spirit of the rock, uh, of the rock and that uh, followed them in the wilderness, and that rock was Christ. And they really didn't even realize how much it was of Christ. So have you forgotten who he is? Have you forgotten who he is. Sometimes you get so familiar with things and you say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll believe it, yeah. But it's just, you know, old times you see it goes in this ear and out this ear. And you you you, you become familiar with it and, and it becomes just old hat, so to speak. When I lived in Kingsport, Tennessee, I lived up on a little hill and on the main drag they put in a liquor store. And I, every time I'd drive by, I'd say, Dear Lord, I don't hurt nobody, but would you burn that place down? You didn't. I did. And I'd pray that every time I'd drive back, because I'd have to come down and I'd go to work. That's when I was working on a job. And I said, Dear Lord, would you please burn that place down? And one time this woman come out, and you could tell she had a great big bottle of booze in a brown bag. Had it, and she come out, and I'd I I seen her from a distance, and she got in her car and pulled out in front of me. And I said, you drunk, you, you crazy woman, you drunk. And the Spirit said, yeah. And you forgot to pray for that place, didn't you? And I thought, huh? I became familiar with it. It became old hat. Hey, listen to me. And God wants us to remember and, and not just take this for granted. I, I, all my Christian life, I've tried my best at least once a month, to inventory my life. Do I love you as much as I should? Most of the time I have to say no. 99.9% .9 of the time I have to say no. Uh, am I doing everything I can? And I try to do that as a Christian. A am I being an example of Christ? When people look at me and they see me, do they, do they realize it's the Lord in my life and not me? I try to do that at least once a month, sometimes early, sooner. I, I want the Lord to get glory in my life. He's done too much for me. Amen. Your pastor mentioned I've had two heart episodes and a battle with cancer and, 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 and the Lord just has taken care of me. And I praise the Lord. I should have been dead 10 years ago. Amen. I have preached to some folks they was wishing I was. Amen. <laughs> but, but, beloved, he, he's just been good to me. And I, uh, we, we need to remember who he is. 
first of all, do you, re do you realize he left heaven and was virgin born? Now, I'm going to tell you some things you're going to say, I know that. But what I'm trying to do is refresh your mind. And you ask yourself this question, do I love him, really love him, or have I just, you know, gotten used to it? He left heaven, amen. Galatians 4, 4 says, but uh, when the fullness of time came, uh, was come, God sent forth his son uh, made of a woman, uh, made under the law. And uh, think about this a minute. Here is the Son of God, here very much God. He's in heaven. Now, you do realize heaven's a perfect place, don't you? And yet he said, I will go. From the foundation of the world, he's seen me. He's seen me. You see, I don't understand that. I don't either, but I sure am glad he did. Amen. And he, he said, I will go. I will die. And he came down to this earth, virgin born. This sin-cursed earth. Amen. Our Lord left heaven and walked upon this sin-cursed earth. He walked among people. Many accepted him. Some did not. And at the closing out of his earthly ministry, they spit on him. They plucked out his beard. They did all these things to him. And he knew what they were going to do. And yet he came. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen? That's how much he loves us. You know, I'm sure you've heard it said, you know, how much does God love you? This much. Stressed out his arms on an old rugged cross. Nailed his hands to the cross. But he left heaven virgin born. Amen. Now you think about that. Perfect heaven. He's there. And yet he said, Father, I'll go. And I know you've heard this, but I, I, I believe if I was the only person on the face of this earth, he'd have come, hallelujah, and die for me. Secondly of all, he amazed the religious leaders when he was 12 years old. He knew. He, remember, he his parents had went on. They thought, well, he was with his relatives or something. And so they go back to find him. They find him in the temple. And they were amazed at it. And you remember what his, his parents said, well, we've looked for you. And I'm just putting it in everyday language. But he, we looked for you and everything. He said, I need to be about my father's business. He said, I'm going to be about my father's business. He had a purpose. Can I say to you, I don't care what people have said to you, but you have a purpose for being here. I've run into so many young people, and I've, I've, I've counseled some elderly people even. Their parents told them when they were born, we didn't plan on you. You were an accident. <laughs> Puke on that. I'm sorry. Uh, regurgitate on that stuff. Amen. <laughs> when God says, I want you there, you're going. Amen. Amen. Uh, one of the greatest blessings in my life when I realized God wanted a bald head bifocal, a skinny preacher. Amen. <laughs> There's a purpose for your life. There really is. There is a purpose for you. You say, I don't know what mine is. Well, one of them is to simply serve Him and pray and seek His face. Amen. 
A lot of young people, they get messed up in drugs and alcohol and everything else. And all it boils down to is they're trying to find a purpose of life. Amen? Well, our purpose is to bring glory and honor to Him, to give our heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and be wonderfully and gloriously saved and just to serve Him. And there's many. You don't have to be a missionary or a preacher or anything to serve the Lord. Uh, Amen? You can be a, a sound man. Amen? You can be a janitor. Amen. You can uh, work in the ballroom, you know, the nursery. <laughs> Amen. And, and, but there is a purpose in your life. You're here for a reason and a purpose. Amen. If nothing else, to raise children maybe that will serve the Lord, be missionaries, be preachers, be Sunday school teachers, be deacons or something like that. Amen. And you have a purpose. I've run into entirely too many people uh, that, that say, well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking to myself, God said you're going. Amen. And you become life. And you were born. I look back on my life and see how uh, that, that God, uh, uh, what I went through in life and things, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just so thankful that he's seen a purpose in my life. And he let me to come into this world. And yes, I went through a lot of things. Uh, not proper vitamins and everything when I was a small boy. Therefore, I can eat, but it, it just don't do nothing to me. Amen. I gain five pounds, lose five pounds. I know some of you are envious. Amen. But that's beside the point. Amen. But God, you see, had a purpose in my life. I didn't know what it was. But I remember as a little boy before I was ever saved, I remember one time standing in my backyard and, and looking up in the sky and, and, and saying, uh, God, you know, I, 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 I just want to serve you. But I didn't know nothing. I didn't know, I didn't know even understand what I was saying. But the Holy Spirit reminded me of it one day. I wasn't even saved. And, and I was doing that. And so you have a purpose, amen, uh, in life. At his baptism, the Father spoke and said, Hear ye him. Remember? When they baptized him and, and the, whole, uh, the Father spoke out of heaven, Hear him, hear ye him. Let me ask you a question. When uh, was the last time you heard him speak to your heart? I don't mean an audible voice, but just speak to you. Just let you know. Everything's all right. Oh, everything ain't all right. But he speaks to you. I, I, I'm glad he speaks to you from time to time. Now, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of an emotional fellow, but, but I, 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 I need to hear him speak to me from time to time. Maybe you don't, but I do. Amen? I, I, I want him to speak to my heart. Amen? I, I don't... I don't believe in this stuff. Said, well, a ten-foot Jesus walked into my bedroom, so I know. Nah, you ate too much pizza. <laughs> but he speaks to my heart. And then when I read this blessed old book, he speaks to my heart. Amen. He just speaks to my heart. I, I may preach it tonight. I don't know. But when my wife died, Psalms 23 come alive to me, fresh and anew. Every day for five straight days, I had to read Psalms 23. And it just spoke to me and kept speaking to me and ministering to my heart. I've preached it. I've taught it. I've read, read it. I don't know. 
55 years, probably read at least 50 times through the Bible. And yet, Pastor, that day, after we got back home, the Lord said, Psalms 23. The next morning, Psalms 23. The next morning, Psalms 23. The next morning, amen. I went over a month looking at Psalms 23. Oh, and can I tell you an old wife's fable? <laughs> old timers would say, if your loved one went to heaven and everything was all right, the day after you get home from burying them, red birds will come in your front yard. Now, I may have had red birds in my front yard, but I never seen them. The day after we got home, my daughter was standing in front of me. We got kind of a big picture window like. She said, Dad, look at that. I said, what? There was a male and a female red bird on a limb. And I thought, whoa. Next day, the red bird, the male. The next day, the male. The next day, the male. Five days. Five days. I ain't seen them since. You say, what's that mean? Nothing. <laughs> you thought I was going somewhere with that, didn't you? Amen. <laughs> yeah. But I did think it was amazing. I really did. Now, old folks had all kinds of old sayings like that, you know, and it wasn't a bit scriptural or nothing. It wasn't. But things like that has happened to the death of my wife, and I'm looking and thinking, oh, that's, that's an old wife's fat tale there, you know. But then I asked myself, well, why is that happening? And I don't know. Don't ask me. Amen. I have no idea. Amen. But it did. I don't know why I did that, said that. But anyway, uh, the, the religious leaders were amazed at him. And at his baptism, the father spoke to him. When's the last time has he spoke to your heart? Amen. Now, here's, here's the main thing I want to get to, and we'll come to, come to a close. Hopefully, you'll get there before they tear the salad bar up. Amen? He's still a miracle-working God. Amen. I'm not talking about foolishness now. I know you see him on TV and everything. Ah, oh, you know, uh, uh, I see flowers. I see flowers. I see flowers. Oh, somebody here, Miss Flowers. It, or oh, what about this? Uh, I believe there's somebody here. Yes, 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 yes. There's somebody here with a bad back. If there's at least 50 people in there, there's at least two people with a bad back. Amen. I mean, you don't have to be too spiritual to figure that out. But I'm saying to you, he's still a miracle-working God. The greatest miracle that God performs today is the salvation of a precious soul. How can you explain that? Old black sin, beloved, plunged beneath red blood, hallelujah, comes out pure and white. Just as if you've never sinned. Can't put your sins in the middle of your back, and, and beloved, and he can't see it, amen? Who was it? Uh, Corten Boone said he, he, he cast your sins into the deepest of the sea and puts up a no fishing sign, amen? My flesh reminds me of it. The world system reminds me of it. And old Slewfoot, that's the devil, he'll remind me of it. But God says, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know what you're talking about. I, my pastor, when I first started out as assistant pastor, before he got converted, he drank a lot. Of course, when he got converted, he started preaching against it, you know. And this guy that he, he carried the mail for a long time, 
Uh, Tom said, I know why you preach against booze so much. He said, why is that? He said, you've drank enough booze to float a battleship in. He said, wow, that's amazing. He said, what are you talking about? You remember something God don't. Let that soak in. The world will remind you. I remember, uh, especially your own relatives that ain't saved. You get saved and try to witness to them. Oh, I remember. I remember when you kicked that cat or shot it. Amen. (laughs) I remember when you stole that candy bar. But God says, I don't remember it. Amen. It's under the blood. Hallelujah. It's under the blood. And thank God for that, beloved. He's still a miracle worker. He transforms lives. He takes that old drunk and he switches water fountains. Amen. He takes that old, uh, that harlot and makes her a, a wonderful person in Jesus Christ. I pastored a church in, in a little town called Churchill, Tennessee, back in the country. And one Sunday income is elaborately dressed woman. Next that Sunday night she was there. Next Sunday she's there. Next Sunday she's there. Next Sunday she's there. And then one Sunday morning down the aisle she came. And she knelt down, gave her heart and life to Jesus. When she when when, when she got through and was was fellowshipping and I said, Now ma'am, you you know you said, Yes, sir. She said, Sir, uh, I want you to know something. I, I was a professional prostitute. She said, I don't mean streetwalker. She said, I mean with the top notch. And she started naming Tennessee officials. And she named two. I said, whoa, stop, woman. Whoa, I don't want to know that. I don't need to know that. And she got gloriously saved. The next Sunday, I preached a sermon on come up on the porch. And uh, she went home that afternoon, come back that night with a poem on the old man sitting on the porch. She was that way. You'd preach, even evangelists come and preach something, she'd come back with a poem. She'd just rattle it off like that. I mean, good poem. I use some of them now with her inmates. And so he miraculously changed her life. Amen? He transforms lives. He takes you out of darkness into light. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen? He puts a new song in your heart. Amen? He gives you a new destination, amen. He, he, he makes you go from being a sinner to a saint. And guess what? You don't have to wait 200 years that you're in the grave moldy, amen, and some fellow with a skirt and his collar on backwards proclaims you a saint. The moment you get saved, you're a saint. Amen. And I do not like to hear people say this. Well, yes, you know, I, I'm saved, but I ain't a saint. I'm saying, you're wrong. I know what you're saying. You ain't living like you need to live. But God calls you a saint. How you doing, saint? You doing all right, saint? Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You become a child of the king. Do you know what that means? That means you're a king's kid. Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. Amen. You become somebody. I remember when I was, before I got saved, you know, I thought I was pretty smart and I thought I was somebody. And conviction hit on me and I realized, uh oh, I'm nobody. But then I trusted Jesus Christ and became somebody. Isn't that wonderful? That ought to cause a backslid Baptist run from here to California. Amen. 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 Shout your shoe heels off or something. Amen. 
I mean, isn't he wonderful? Amen. I mean, but he, in saving of his souls, amen, he gives you a new life, thank God. I, I remember when I got saved. Now, I didn't know a lot of gospel. I, well, I didn't know any. I didn't know the Bible. But I used to love to dance. And I got saved, and I went back to the dance hall to dance one time. And I didn't enjoy it anymore. I thought, and the second time I went back, I was dancing with this little old girl. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing here? And I kept dancing, and then said, what are you doing here? And it was so real in my soul. I looked at her and said, what would you say? She said, I didn't say nothing. And I picked up my Bible and began to read it. And I said, oh, now I know what's going on. Amen. See, I wasn't like y'all. I wasn't raised up in gospel preaching churches. Amen. But we become familiar with it, don't we? Nod your little heads up and down. It just becomes every day. Oh, wonderful. He's preaching on John 3.16. Ain't that wonderful? And this, as the old time says, like water on a duck's back. It just flows right off. It doesn't stir a heart. Amen. Fifty and five years I've served the Lord, and I still get stirred, beloved. My pastors are preaching. I'm sitting. Well, I got in the habit of sitting in the back to take care of my wife in case she called me or something like that. And and, and, I, and before I know what I'm doing, I'm saying, "Amen, Hallelujah, preach it, Amen." Amen. I'm sure you've heard it, but the old fellow was shouting and praising the Lord in the church, and they had a new pastor. And one of the deacons went to him and said, you got to do something about him. He said, yeah, I'm going to. So he went out and he's plowing. He stopped. He said, sir, you got to quit that shouting. You're making people nervous. you got to quit saying that amen. People get nervous. He said, I am so sorry, Pastor. But you get to talk about Jesus dying on the cross, dying for my sins, and how much he loves us. And I, 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 I hear it, preacher, hold my mule while I shout amen. Amen. You say, that's kind of emotional. I'm sorry. I'm an emotional person. And if you be honest, you are too. We're made up that way. God created us that way. And, and, and so, beloved, uh, he, he takes us from being a, a sinner to a saint, from darkness to light, from life to a destination. I had a fellow one time said, well, I'll go to, you know, oh. he said, just go to hell. I said, I can't do it. He said, why not? I said, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He just shook his head, you know. And let me get this right quick. God loves you. Have you forgotten how much he loves you? John 3, 16, you all know it. He loves you. Aren't you glad he doesn't look to see how much hair you got? Or what color it is? Aren't you glad he doesn't look to see your education or how much money you got in your wallet <laughs> aren't you glad he doesn't look to see if you're short or tall or skinny or the other way aren't you glad of that I'm glad he don't look at the color of your skin I, 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 listen I, you can call me crazy I believe there's any purple people here in this world and we find them and they got green polka dots he still loves them he loves you you say, but I'm not much of a Christian. He loves you. 
Well, I'm not much of a person. He loves you. He loves your soul. He doesn't love your sin. He doesn't love your coldness and your lukewarmness, but he loves you. Can I get an amen? amen. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Hell, I, 55 years and I ain't got over that. Amen. I just ain't got over it. He loves you. Amen. He's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is in control. Have you forgotten that? We look at this old world and see how it's going. We're like, dear Lord, what are you doing? He's in control. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I have to remind myself from time to time, rather getting all upset amen, with the Democrats and Republicans and the Whigs and all them other people, and realize it's all right. God's in control. He knows what's going on. Hallelujah. And I'm on the winning side. It's like a little boy. He read this book said, Dad, this is a real, really good book. And so he read it, and the dad was getting all excited. He said, keep reading, Dad. I read the last chapter. It ends well. Amen. <laughs> I read the last chapter. It ends well. Amen. So he loves you. And last of all, he's coming again. When I was a young preacher, almost every sermon, that's been whew, 52 years ago. Yeah. Almost every sermon. If that wasn't the subject, Pastor, it, 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 it came up. The Lord's coming. Coming of the Lord. It's at hand. Israel's back in the land. The, all Scripture's been fulfilled. Nothing else has to be fulfilled. Jesus is coming again. And I run into these, idi uh, these, nice, these idiots. And they say, oh, I've heard that all my life. I said, good. And you stand before the Lord, you won't have no excuse. He's coming again. How do you know that? Said he was. That's good enough right there. But I can look out and see the signs, the condition of churches. When he talked about the end times, I believe he's seen how the church people would get, not the sinners. And because the church people got that way. Do you realize at one time the church people set the dress standard you realize that? Yeah. I'm, and I went to, well, really, it's a modernistic Presbyterian church as a small boy. But I'm telling you something. Those women dress, they dress godly. You never, you never, and they never, oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. That's all right. I'm not fussing at you. I'm not trying to get you. But you never seen a woman in town wearing pants. Now, they wore them at the house. They wore them in the garden. They wore them in the field. But they, when they went out in public, uh -uh, they didn't do it. You never seen them at funerals. Never as a boy. You never did. And, uh, and some of my aunts, they wore pants and everything. That was fine. But, but it was always in the house or in the field or in the yard. But it wasn't out in public. They just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. And, and, and we've gone from that and if I, if I had a choice, I'd rather see some loose pants on a woman than... Uh, hello? I know, you think I'll quit preaching and start meddling. But I'm just simply saying, he's coming. Let me ask you a question. If he was to come one day this week, how would you be? Let's say he's going to come Tuesday. Now, we don't, I'm, not, I'm not sitting at time. Uh, what would you be doing? And you didn't know he was coming. How would you be dressed? 
I know you want to tar and feather me, but I'm just trying to show you something. He is coming again. And he loves you and he cares about you. And, and, and beloved, don't you think we ought to care about him? I seen a man one time in Walmart. I come, I, I come up on him. And evidently he was a construction worker or something. I mean, he was dirty. But he had on a T-shirt, and the front thing was advertising of a church, but I couldn't make it out. It was so dirty and so faded and everything. His head was shaven. And when I walked past him, I looked back, and he had Jesus saves right across, tattooed across the back of his head. And I'm thinking to say, that's not a good testimony. Because people look at that and say, that guy's crazy. That's exactly what they would say. That guy's crazy. I heard, I've heard people say that about people that, who said they were saved, and, but yet they just, and they, they just said, that guy, that, them people are crazy. But I'm just simply saying to you, the Lord is coming. Amen. I just believe it. I'll go to my grave or up in the rapture believing the Lord will come. He's coming. Do you realize when you read about Paul, Paul thought he was coming in his day. You look how he words it and does it. He really believed it. Any moment now, he could come. Amen? I'll close with this. I heard Dr. B.R. Lakin preach one time on the second come of the Lord. It was right after he'd had a heart attack, and he had a, one of these loose uh, you know, things. You could, you could roll it up, and he was he, he got in a pulpit, and he, he read it off. And he'd stop and hold his finger, and he'd just, it was awesome. Unbelievable stuff. At that time, you got to understand my background a little bit. When I first got saved, I was in churches where preachers preached against you having notes. Actually preached against it. And the Lord was speaking to my heart and said, you need to pin this down, make sure you stay on track. And uh, he opened up that Bible. That, that, that didn't have a Bible. It was a, well, loosely, he could roll it up, and he'd, he'd, he'd preach on the second come of the Lord and stop and hold his finger right there and boy, and he... And it, about halfway through that sermon, the Holy Ghost fell on that place. <coughs> it got so real, I'm honest with you, and I'm not just evangelistic speaking. I, I wanted to go outside and look at the sky. I thought he's coming. The Spirit of God was confirming it just time and time again with each one of his points. And when he got through, he closed that thing up and watered up its haker. He said, all right, what are you going to do? And the altar started filling up. It was awesome. Second come of the Lord. He's coming. And you need to be ready. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd take the message and help us, Lord. Maybe there'll be some here to, this morning that really this taking you for granted. They're saved. They do love you. Maybe not like they ought to, but God, would you help us to afresh and anew in our hearts and our lives. We'll love you better. We'll worship better. We'll just go for you, Lord, for the glory of God. Lord, give our all to you, and we'll thank you and praise you. If there's anyone here this morning that knows not Christ,